Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Good morning. We are so glad you have joined us. We are going to be talking today about complementary therapies, specifically outdoor adventures that truly help to bridge the gap between those who are seeking treatment or thinking about seeking treatment for their mental or physical health and a choice in their care. Because we've often found that participation in things that you enjoy makes it easier to accept sometimes the therapies that are not so fun. And through the VA, you are encouraged to continue your therapy. But if you are finding it that it's easier when you're doing something you love and participating in your own care, much better outcomes are possible. So we're talking today to Todd Crevier. Todd, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Did I? That is the uh, beautiful French pronunciation. I like that. Oh, but, do but you use that? I, I do use that frequently, but uh, most people pronounce it crevier, but crevier is... Uh, oh, crevier my, sounds just my, so magical this preferred. morning. Yes, ma'am. All right, let's go with that then. And Todd is head of New England Adventures, a group that does exist to work on these outdoor adventures and retreats and events. And it's very important. So we're going to talk today about the importance, why it's helpful to veterans and their families, and why being outdoors somehow connects and grounds, which I think we know intuitively, but there's science that backs it up, and it's so important. But Todd, let's start first with why you came to know that this was so important for recovering veterans, transitioning veterans, those who just didn't feel like themselves when they returned and wanted to feel more like they used to. Sure. Um, well, I think I I had this intuitive sense about uh, my connection with the woods and the wilderness and, you know, green spaces. Um, I think if you look at a pretty solid majority of uh, men and women that join the service, um, there's uh, sort of this predisposition uh, for um, this thirst for adventure, um, mm-hmm. this, this, this desire to be outside you know, um, for, for those that are, you know, typically like in the army and in the, in the Marines, um, you know, there's the opportunity to go on these field exercises and sleep in tents and sleep in foxholes and, um, you know, be out there in the elements. And, and I think that, um, you know, not that the Navy guys and the Air Force guys don't do that, it's just that their, their, their main MOS typically don't include um, the, you know, the field exercise. Field adventures, right. Exactly. Um, so, you know, I, I, it was just something that um, I grew up doing. I grew up in the outdoors. I grew up camping and hunting and fishing. And, um, you know, a, as I prepared to separate from service, you know, it was something that I was looking at and hoping to do um, a lot more of. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, um, I think it was just something that I knew that um, I wanted to be a part of my afterlife from the military. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, um, you know, I started looking at it for myself. And, you know, one of the one of the really. Um, 
Sorry. That one of the one of the really um, uh, exciting connections that I had with the outdoors was uh, in July of 2015. I took my uh, family uh, to a on a vacation out to Yellowstone National Park. Oh, nice. And, um, nice. and it, was, it was the first time I'd been that far west. It was the first time that I'd you know been to, through the Rockies and had an opportunity to um, uh, be out and connect with it. Um, and I had at, on that trip, I had, um, what I would consider sort of a quasi spiritual experience. Um, and, uh, you know, at several points when I was there, um, uh, I was brought to tears, um, just from the, the emotions of the place, the majesty of the place. I mean, there's a reason that the native people venerated Yellowstone National Park. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's a very, very special place. And having that connection with with, with the outdoors, um, and specifically at, at Yellowstone, was really what became uh, sort of the deciding factor for me to move forward with uh, the program that I now run to, you know, hopefully provide opportunities for my fellow brothers and sisters um, in uniform and, and who used to wear the uniform, uh, an opportunity to get out, get connected in those ways. And I just thought, you know, if, if, if I've, this has had such a profound effect on me, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that it can have that same effect on. And so that's really what kind of prompted, um, me moving forward into my work in a nonprofit now. You know, I, I find that fascinating. First of all, where are you from so that you grew up with all these fishing and outdoor adventures? Sure. Um, I actually grew up in Massachusetts. Okay. Um, and I, I uh, growing up, I was in um, sort of a uh, program similar to Boy Scouts, where I uh, just spent a lot of time as a kid um, on canoeing trips and hiking weekends and camping weekends and um, did some hunting with my dad growing up, did a lot of fishing as a kid growing up. And so that's really kind of where my um, my initial connections uh, to the outdoors really kind of took root and 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 um, kind of set me up for a, a lifelong um, desire and passion to to be in those places. Well, I find that fascinating, and the reason I ask is because it seems to me that you experienced this epiphany with your family. Yeah, and I think that families doing things together is very very important. And I have a funny feeling that you gave this same feeling to your family members. And that's a very important connection when we return, when when you've separated and things are different and you said you were really, really struck by mm-hmm. the majesty and the connection and the emotional connection. Were your family members aware of how much it meant to you and did it matter to them also? Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you say that um, and ask that question. Um, uh, at the time when I was there, uh, I was in uh, my second marriage, and it was uh, on the rocks. Think things were not going well. It was uh, on that trip in July of 2015. It was about um, uh, just short of a year of me having separated from the service, and um, I was dealing some with some uh, personal issues, and mm-hmm. you know, with my loss of my career in the military, and, and my loss of of community with my brothers and sisters that I served with. Um, I was in a really bad spot, um, in my marriage, but, um, uh, we had taken her two youngest kids and and my two youngest kids out on this trip. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
recounting the trip after the fact. Um, her and her children really were kind of over it. They didn't really, they didn't really enjoy the trip that much. Uh, it was a long <laughs> drive from Massachusetts to Wyoming, mm. and uh, you know it was it was pretty stressful for her. And um, but after talking with my kids after the fact, they had uh, very similar connections and and very similar impact on them. Um, and uh, we still talk talk about it to this day. Uh, my son and my daughter that went with me on that trip, and um, you know we have very fond memories of uh, the places that we got to see and the states that we got to drive through. And um, yeah, it was it was it was definitely very profound for them as well. Um, and uh, you know, I think that uh, providing them the opportunity to connect. Uh, with the with the wilderness in the way that we did was was something that um, was also life changing in some ways for them. Well, I agree with you. And working with veterans the way I do on veteran caregiver, there are so many who who find the loss of community from their service years that they find it very difficult to connect with family even, mm-hmm. and and certainly without their buddies. And so isolation or self isolation often becomes the norm and you know it's not unusual to have relationships be quite difficult because things are disconnected you're not as engaged in the way that you used to be so this sounds like it had a very profound effect a positive effect on your life and i can understand that the connection with nature and also with your children whom i'm sure you will constantly have these deep connections with because of that made a difference. And and I ask you those stories, not to delve into your personal life, but to be able to share them with others who probably feel the same way. Mm-hmm. You are not alone in this. And I'm sure you've discovered that yourself. Yes? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, for me, uh, one of the most critical losses um, when my military career came to an end, um, beyond my um, my love for my job, I mean, it was really really thrilled to be in the in the army and to be a non-commissioned officer and to be working with junior soldiers and to be leading junior soldiers and to be working with peers and to be working on um missions and things that um were more important than me these mm-hmm. these big sort of um things that we commit ourselves to and uh we can selflessly step into them and say you know what I'm going to make a difference here and I want to be a part of this um it um when i lost that when my career was over um you know you lose that connection with the other veterans that you serve with um mm-hmm. and to to just to go back to regular civilian life and try to adjust to that in any meaningful way can be very very challenging um you know people don't speak the same language you speak mm-hmm. they don't have the same experiences you've had they don't understand life through the lens that you look at it through um mm-hmm. because time in the service really changes the way you look at life and at the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's challenging to find, you know, meaningful connections and relationships um, to have that community um, once you're separated from service and you're trying to um, get through day-to-day life. And it's easy to become isolative and to, and to check mm-hmm. out because it's an easy story to tell yourself that they don't get it, they don't understand, they haven't seen what I've seen, they haven't done what I've done, mm-hmm. they don't understand my language. And so... Um, that I believe is one of the chief issues that, um, you know, needs to be addressed in the veteran community, especially when we look at our suicide rates 
and oh, we yes. look at the depression rates and we look at the alcohol abuse rates and the drug abuse rates, um, a lot of that in my mind has a direct correlation to that loss of community. I would agree with you a hundred percent because I, but I, I want to go back to one thing you said, cause we're going on a break shortly and we'll return to further questions after the break. But one of the things that struck me about what you said is something I've heard so many times from veterans, which is I need to get up in the morning and make a difference. I need a purpose because I woke for so many days with a purpose every day, knowing exactly what I was going to do or close to it. And we all need a purpose in life. So we're going to go on a short break. We will be back right after these short messages. We are talking to Todd Crevier of New England Adventures. We'll be right back. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. time your parents or grandparents complain about walking to school uphill both ways, you can tell them about a village in China where getting to school is a real adventure. In the mountainous Sichuan province, children have to get to school from their tiny village of Atular by rappelling, abseiling, and clambering down a 2,500-foot cliff. Using ropes and bamboo ladders to scale this one-half-mile-high brachumic, the journey is so difficult that the school children, ages 6 to 15, only return home every two weeks. What's the word for the fear of heights? Hypsophobia. A new set of steel stairs is now being considered to help make the journey to school safer. By the way, a rock kamak is a hill so steep it hurts the stomach of anyone who tries to climb it. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. We're continuing our discussion with Todd Crevier about the importance of the outdoors and green spaces. And and I'd like to go further into the green spaces piece. I find it very interesting that over the eras, we've had Vietnam veterans who sought jungle hot environments afterward because they didn't feel like they belonged anymore we're talking in this set of wars about desert dry beige spaces sandy very different and yet veterans come back and seek the majesty of the mountains of green spaces rivers um 
anything that flows, anything that truly is nature. Talk about why you think that is, because that is a universe that goes back to World War Two. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'll echo back to something I said earlier. I think there, I think there is this um, this innate connection that we have with the wilderness. Um, you know, um, we were born out of it. You know, we um, as human beings, we have struggled against um, the forest and the wilderness and the desert and the, the mountains for, uh, for millennia, you know, mm-hmm. to, um, survive, to feed our families, to, uh, make a life. And, um, I think as human beings, we have this very special connection to these places that when we get into these places, something inside of us, um, connects to it. Something inside of us, um, feels familiarity and has this sense of belonging there. Um, you know, I mean, they've done all sorts of research and Linda, you, you study this and know and work with enough veterans to know that, you know, they talk about how, um, there's, uh, you know, within 15 minutes of being in a green space, a person's blood pressure can come down by up to 15%. And that there, there, I mean, there's all sorts of health metrics that, you know, um, you can look at that show that um, time in the fresh air, time, you know, with a a little bit of rigorous activity in these spaces can do such great things for your uh, chemicals in your brain and for Mm -hmm. your um, your circulatory system and um, for all these different systems that work in your body that that find these places as life giving. And so um, I think that that is there's such a deep uh, rooted um, in a connection to that, that whether we realize it ourselves consciously or not, when we get into those spaces, our bodies come alive and say, aha, this is, this is where I need to be. I need to be here for a little bit and spend some time here. Um, you know, nature doesn't have straight lines and, and, you know, 45 degree, you know, edges it's, it's, um, and I think when we, when we put ourselves in those places where we're just surrounded by, you know, streets and buildings and concrete and noise and traffic, um, I think it, it starts to weigh on our souls. And I think when we can get into those green spaces, um, our souls can start to come alive again. I agree. And I've also seen where many veterans, because they want to get out of the concrete jungle or the you know, proliferation of people everywhere, they actually set up to live in more isolated parts of the country. Now, there's, there's good and bad things to that because sometimes mm-hmm. the isolation can be extreme. But it also speaks to the fact that you do need a place where you can let down, where you mm-hmm. feel safe. Um, I would add to what you talked about with the green spaces, those that undergo equine therapy, you know, standing in a field next to a horse, not necessarily riding, mm-hmm. but in a field with other people with a heartbeat or animals with a heartbeat, there is something to it that truly does, as you said, connect and feels familiar. Talk a bit about the fact that not only are green spaces important, but so is the camaraderie of being with others who understand your experience and who also want to be quiet and connected and maybe don't need to talk at that moment, but simply need to be with someone who understands their experiences? Sure, um, I think it, it goes back to the familiar, the familiarity thing that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something inside of our souls that recognize these green spaces as familiar. Well, 
um, you know, when men and women serve their country and, um, you know, they go through difficult deployments, they go through, you know, a career of uh, being in service and then they take that uniform off and there's no more critical decisions to make. You're not making decisions on a day to day basis, um, you know, that are as um, that are as grave as the decisions you make on the battlefield or the decisions mm-hmm. you make when you're in combat. And so, um you know, you're no longer serving a big purpose. You're just maybe working at the local Walmart or Jiffy Lube or, you know, you're just working at the local accounting office or, you know, local bank. And, you know, when those decisions um, disappear and they're not so um, critical, um, it's hard to um, function in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what's important is when you can have something familiar and, and, you know, uh, I see it so much in our program, you know, uh, we have guys that serve in all branches, all eras, um, all different, you know, combat situations. And, you know, whether you're the same guy and, you know, you've been in the same position in the army, same MOS and been on the same deployment, same year, same time, same, you know, um, mm-hmm. same, uh, uh, fob overseas, you know, uh, whether it's that or you're talking to a guy that was in the Navy who did a completely different job, there's a camaraderie and there's an understanding that, hey, this guy stood up and uh, put his name on the dotted line and decided that he was going to serve something greater than himself. And I think it's that sense um, that is very familiar and is very comforting. And, you know, we know when we find someone that's a vet, man, you know, we can sit and talk and talk about, you know, where were you, where'd you serve? You know, what bases were you stationed at? Were you overseas at all? I mean, those conversations, whether you connect on this, you know, the same lines right down to the same MOS, same, you know, schools, or it's uh, different services, different branches, different times of service. There's that familiarity and that comfort there. And I think that, um, the the community that those relationships offer can be so much richer because of the fact that um, you share that same experience of having served something greater than yourself. I have a question for you. When you are working with veterans and you're on your ventures, first of all, how many go on each of your adventures, roughly? Um, yeah, so it, it, it all depends on the adventure itself. I mean, we have some hunting trips, like we do a bear hunt every year up in, uh, up in Maine, and that's only four vets that go, that get to go on that. And then we'll have, uh, like a family day event that we do, a family retreat where we'll have, um, you know, hundreds of people with, you know, a bunch of veterans, all their families. So depending on the event, it can be, you know, as few as a, you know, a small handful or as as large as, you know, several dozen, you know, 20, 30, sometimes 40 vets out on an event. Um, In 2018, uh, we worked with over 200 veterans uh, and current service members in our programming and uh, just over 200 uh, family members as well. So uh, it's, 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 it differs from event to event, but it's Mm -hmm. quite a, quite a unique thing to see. I can only imagine. I, I've seen and gone on some of these trips um, that included caregivers. And yeah. it, it was a really interesting thing to watch people work together to learn a new skill, to take time away from their normal lives. I think sometimes just getting out of your own zip code can mm-hmm. truly help people. Absolutely. And I, I really think that's important. And that's why I asked you about numbers, because Sometimes things can be in adventures, but they're much more focused on the clinical aspects. Mm -hmm. And it sounds as though 
you are really letting, and I don't know, so I'm asking, you're letting people get to know each other, work their own space to a certain degree on their own. Because what we have discovered also is that the more you ease people into things at their own speed, there is no one size fits all for mm-hmm. feeling better or feeling more connected or feeling right again. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm very impressed that you have understood the connection that family members have with achieving much better outcomes than and it doesn't have to be on every adventure mm-hmm. because sometimes it's very beneficial to go with just your vets but mm-hmm. it is also very important for family members to understand that time doesn't heal all wounds mm-hmm. it makes it easier to cope or to manage mm-hmm. but when there's an understanding or an observation that you are not you're not in a family that's totally different from somebody mm. else's family. There's yeah. something very important about knowing you're not alone. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. You know, one of the last things that I wanted um, New England Adventures to become was just another opportunity for mom or dad to leave the family and go mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my uh, my kids spent uh, 18 months of their lives not knowing if they were going to see me again. Not knowing if there's going to be another birthday, another Christmas, another New Year's, uh, another Thanksgiving with Dad, um, and that's a that's a, a hard burden for families to carry. And um, I'm a staunch advocate of the fact that families serve too, and yeah. so um, families need to be a part of the solution as well. Um, that we cannot we cannot um, offer this opportunity for community just to the veteran because the the families have to be a part of that community. They have to be a part of that solution and they have to have the opportunities to come together. And just like you said, understand that, Hey, um, look at, you know, this wife is going through the same thing I'm going through or, Hey, you know, look at these kids, these kids, their, their dad's a little bit crazy. Like my dad is too. Like that's, that's kind of cool. And to be able to have that opportunity to connect and see, you know what? Uh, we're not so different. There are people out there that understand, you know, oh, that kid, you know, his dad went on a deployment too. I was talking to him about it and, you know, it was really hard for him when his dad was gone, but, you know, uh, he made it and he's okay to, to be able to have that understanding and to, to be working it as a, uh, as an, as a, a group solution rather than just an individual solution is very, very important, not only for the veterans that we serve, but for their families too. I think it's critical. I I once was um, talking with someone whose child talked to another veteran father, not his own, Mm -hmm. but talked to another veteran father who probably had difficulty talking to his own child, Mm -hmm. but had no difficulty talking to someone else's child and made a connection. And I think both of them came away much better, much more compassionate, much more understanding and relaxed and more patient about the fact that this is going to take some time. Mm -hmm. And I think that understanding really, really helps in terms of making relationships heal and become whole again, because it's hard. As you said, deployments are long and arduous and dangerous. So we have to go on a second break and we will come back and we will talk about how this kind of therapy truly does help with the mental fitness of our returning veterans. We'll be right back. We're Military Network Radio and we'll be right back after these short messages. 
ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. summertime and you know what that means attack of the mosquitoes other names for the mosquito are galley nipper katie nipper gabber napper and galley whopper a quote from the 1906 book the parsons boys asserts that galley nippers are so called because at each nip they took a gallon mitzi is a deceptively cute shortening of mosquito that might be heard in ohio if you're in virginia and hear someone complaining about cousins they might have annoying relatives, or they might just be talking about mosquitoes. Why do they call mosquitoes cousins? Because there are so many, and they stick so close. But whatever you call them, all this begs the question, why didn't Noah swap those two mosquitoes? It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. We're continuing our discussion with Todd Crevier. You know, one of the things that we talk about often, or you read about often, I should say, is is the fact that vets come back, they don't feel the same, they're disillusioned over not having that higher purpose or what to do each day. And it may be difficult finding a job that feels meaningful to you or going back to school just doesn't fit. Um, And there are many who come back and take a job and leave it three months later and three months later and three months later. We've all heard of these. And so anxiety rises and with anxiety come financial difficulties, come uh, oftentimes real angst leading to depression and from there, it's not a far cry to to look at other types of solutions to feeling better. And I think one of the hardest things for people to do is to realize that they do have choices and to reach out. One of my really pet peeves in life is that there are so many good programs, but people don't know about them. And the onus is on the veteran, or in many cases, the veteran's family who's desperate to reach out and find programs. So we strongly promote outreach as a way to reach veterans to reach out because there's really no impetus. If you're not feeling good about yourself or your life, going on a Google search may not be the first thing you do. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's super important to have outreach. Does your group and others that you know truly make an effort to reach into the community proactively as opposed to waiting to people to come to you 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, outreach is is critical uh, for the survival of any you know well run nonprofit organization, and mm-hmm. um, you know it's it's uh, what we do on a regular basis. You know, we've got a pretty active social media presence. Um, we are regularly out in the community doing um, networking events. As a matter of fact, uh, this Saturday I'm going to be going to a Yellow Ribbon event um, uh, for a local Air Force unit that's getting ready to deploy. Um, and, you know, we look for any opportunity we can to get out there and network, uh, both in, you know, community settings, military settings, veteran veteran settings, uh, because, um, listen, if they don't know about the program, they're not going to come. Right. So, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's really critical for us. And, you know, one of the things that's, you know, really important to us as an organization. And one of the things that we do is, you know, we, we, when we invite, you know, uh, our participants to come on our events, um, you know, nowhere in any of our documentation do we talk about, you know, do we have any clinical language or talk about therapy Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. anything like that? Because, um, listen, there's a, there's a time and place for everything, right? And there's a, obviously it's important to have, you know, uh, group therapy, individual therapy, um, to have the, the programming out there that some people need, uh, critically, but there is also, um, a certain, uh, set segment of the population, that have sworn off the VA. They've sworn off right. the vet center. They've sworn yep. off therapy. They've sworn off all of that. Um, and that doesn't mean that they don't need it. It just means that, you know what, they're kind of over it and they don't want anything to do with it. And um, if they see a poster advertising a, you know, a group PTSD, you know, uh, therapy session that they can attend, or they see a flyer that's offering them a weekend bass fishing trip, um, and they like bass fishing or they like the outdoors and they'd like to give it a try. Listen, I mean, the chances are they're probably going to call the guy for the bass fishing trip versus the group for the PTSD therapy session. Um, right. And so, you know, we serve a certain segment of the population um, that, um, you know, wouldn't cross the, the threshold of a VA if you pay them a thousand dollars to do it. And so um, it's critical as these programs are out there. Um, that they continue to do their work and they continue to network and get their message out there because um, there are uh, brothers and sisters out there who need help who won't go through traditional, you know, traditional helpful, you know, programs. They won't go to the VA. They won't go to the vet center. They're not going to do those things. And so we have to be continually um, creative and inventive in our, in our programming and how um, we can connect with veterans that are in need and veterans that um, just need a community to connect to. Maybe they don't need therapy. Maybe they don't need more meds from the VA. Maybe they just need a community. And so mm-hmm. um, I think it's great when you look at the the space of veterans and nonprofits that are out there and you can see that there are so many different um, approaches, options. so many right. different options and so many different uh, ways of of uh, getting these men and women connected. And, and um, the more ways we can, can invent to do that and the more options we can give people, I think the better chances we have um, at really addressing some of these pressing issues like our veteran suicide rate. Um, I agree with you. And I think it's it's been fascinating to me that people who have refused for good reason, they were treated badly or the experience was very negative um, or you know, there's there's a million reasons. Everybody's different. You meet one person with PTSD. You've met one person with PTSD, and yet some of them, once they are feeling better about themselves, will undertake 
the more traditional therapies through the VA because let's face it, you know, the VA care, in some cases it's required if you're in the caregiver program, for example, and that you have VA care at least once a year. And mm-hmm. so in some cases you're, you are forced, if you will, to obtain VA care in order to maintain a certain program. But it has proven very viable if you're doing something that you love, that you enjoy. So whether that's horses or service dogs or yoga or outdoor adventures, if it makes it easier to undergo treatment, if you are indeed of need of treatment, that's important. But I think what you bring up in terms of the camaraderie and the community part is so essential because if you look at some of these nonprofits that exist simply to help other groups, they all do service projects, that kind of thing, but they're all former veterans. It really makes for a community a higher purpose again, Mm -hmm. that if you add that element back to your life, huh, maybe you can tolerate that job because you certainly do need a paycheck Mm -hmm. and you do move on a little more. I think that's the hardest part for people to do is to move forward, move on, find the purpose and to participate. And that's what I worry about the most. What keeps me up at night are those who don't or won't reach out to look Mm -hmm. for programs that help them. Does that bother you as well? Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm firmly convinced that, um, you know, if you have a veteran, um, you know, no matter his condition, no matter his mental or psychological status, um, who is uh, a member of a community that he cares about mm-hmm. and that cares about him and that offers him life there and that offers him an opportunity to be a part of a group again, um, something bigger than self again, um, he's going to be a better husband or wife. They're going to be a better mother or father. They're going to be a better employee. They're going to be healthier. They're going to take care of their body. They're going to address their mental health issues. They're going to address their psychological health issues. They're going to address their physical health issues. Um, Community is, 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 is so critical. I mean, you know, Sebastian Junger did a great job with his book Mm -hmm. tribe. Um, You know, we, we know that there is something life giving and something, very critical about being a part of a community. Yes. And, yes. and um, you know, um, when when you look at a lot of these programs out there, especially certainly a program like ours, you know, uh, I think we're cleverly camouflaged uh, in the sense that we we look like a, um, just a bunch of vets that go on these outdoor adventures, and we like to hunt, we like to fish, we like to be in the outdoors, but really. Uh, the work, the real work of our organization, of our program is building that community and then and then letting it thrive and, and, and tending to that on purpose and giving our participants and the men and women that we serve and their families opportunities to be truly involved in um, in ways that matter. And I believe if we can offer that and if veterans can get connected to communities that matter to them, they're going to have um, a better life and a longer life. And I think that that's really the commitment that all of us who work in this sector, um, who work in this space really need to take that on and understand that that is the critical work that we do. I would agree. I I have to ask you a question about women veterans because Mm -hmm. they're often a forgotten segment of the population. Mm -hmm. They may have some different responsibilities. Many of them are single parents and there's still a smaller portion of the veteran population, though growing. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, do you have women veteran 
events as well? Um, we we actually um, had discussed at one point the idea of of uh, possibly doing some women only events, mm-hmm. um, but um, as we went along, we realized that. Um, as we started getting applicants and people wanting to participate, females wanted to participate in our regular, regular program, right? That we did not want to um, create this separateness or this otherness. That oh mm-hmm. well, you know, we're going to do something that's just for women. Um, now, listen, I, I'm sure that there are plenty of women veterans out there that would probably feel safer or feel better about going on a women-only event. And so that's not off the table for us, but um, we've been encouraged this year by having some women participate in some pretty um, in some pretty great programming um, and have been able to be involved and included. And me and my staff do a, um, a good job at making sure that um, they're treated fairly and evenly. And what that means is uh, we bust their stones just like we break <laughs> stones. And, you know, we don't clean up the language around them. And we're not right. trying to pander to them in any level because, listen, they've all dealt with it. You know, they've yeah. all been in the service. They've all been around, you know, men their whole life. And so um, we're not going to um, try to create a softer environment for them because they're, that's not what they want. They want mm-hmm. to be a part of the group. They want to participate. They want to go on the deer hunt. They want to go on the fishing trip just mm-hmm. like the guys are doing, and they want to be a part of the group. And so um, we've really kind of backed away from that idea of trying to do separate things. I think that it's so important to um, uh, care for each other well um, and care for the women just as well as we care for the men, treat each other with respect, uh, value each other's commitment to our country, uh, value the fact that we're all veterans and Um, I think the more we can do that in a helpful and um, safe way for everybody, uh, I think everybody wins. Oh, I I couldn't agree more. I just, I know that there are other programs that do just women only. I was Mm -hmm. just curious if yours did because they still participate at a lesser level in numbers um, for a variety of reasons. Um, Excellent. We are coming up on our final break of the program and we will come back and talk further about why alternative therapy, I don't want to call it therapy, alternative ways and options and programs truly do help in terms of recovering back to who you once were. We'll be right back after these messages. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. and ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on Toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature. 
and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturesspiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature's Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. think that kissing is a universal sign of affection but there are certain groups of people on earth who just don't do it i think they don't know what they're missing humans have been kissing for a long time as kisses were portrayed in egyptian art in 1500 bc the romans are credited with perfecting romantic kiss as we know it today what's another word for kissing oscillation your lips are a hundred times more sensitive than the tips of your fingers and the kiss quickens your pulse to 100 beats a minute one kiss actually burns up to three calories now there's a workout i could handle studies say a woman will kiss about 79 guys before getting married and the average person spends two weeks of their life kissing what's the word for the art of kissing phylometology it's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. We're continuing our discussion with Todd Crevier. Todd, I, I have two questions for you. Um, one, we have focused mostly on the mental aspects, the emotional aspects about how wonderful it feels to connect both with fellow veterans and their families and the outdoors. But we also talked briefly, and I'd like to go further into it, about the physical health and physical aspects. So here's the first question. Mm-hmm. One, do are you able to accommodate those who have some disability? Okay. And the second one is, let's talk more about how physical health is certainly helped by being in the outdoors. So if you can go with the first one first, um, sure. do you serve those that have certain physical disabilities? Yes, uh, yes, we do. Um, and as a matter of fact, one of our initiatives for 2019 is um, we are in the, the process of um, looking to acquire one of those track chairs, mm-hmm. the, the chairs with the, the, the tank treads basically on them, um, because we, um, we have had... Um, People come on our programs who require the service of uh, service dogs. Uh, we've had people come on our program who um, we've had some elderly veterans come on some of our events. Um, we have had um, quite a few people with, through all sorts of disability levels come on on our events. And we want to continue to ensure that people um, who are interested in our programming uh, can participate no matter what their disability level. And so... Um, as we reached out to, um, as we reached out to uh, our different outfitters that we work with and boat captains and things like that, you know, one of the first questions we asked them was, "Do you have the capability for mm-hmm. people that have adaptive needs? And if you don't have the capability, will you create the capability for that?" And that becomes a critical part of um, our willingness to either work with or not work with an organization is if they have the ability and the desire to do that, because we never want that to be a reason why someone can't come on an event with us. That's great. That is yeah. really helpful because I think we all know that positive mental health and, and independence and all kinds of things in terms of being able to function as well as you possibly can helps your physical health. Mm-hmm. 
the mind-body connection is huge. And we talk about that when we first talked about the outdoors and the connection and the engagement with the nature elements. But the mind-body connection is critically important. And I don't think people realize how very vital it is to both mental and physical health. So talk about the physical aspects of what you're doing. In many cases, people have not had to use their physical health and, and they, they aren't looking for fit reps anymore and they're not, you know, doing PT the way they used to. And so talk about what kind of things they might expect or, or what you feel is beneficial, not necessarily just your program, but what is beneficial about the physical health um, tied into the mental health from being outdoors? Sure. Um, so, you know, obviously a lot of the, the obvious things, you know, um, dragging a bear out of the woods, um, <laughs> the pounds, you know, can kind of break you off a little bit, you know, and it's, um, it's, it's not, uh, it's not always a pleasant experience doing something like that. You know, deer, same thing. I mean, but you know, we, um, you know, I come away from all of our events, all of our participants and my staff and myself come away from all of our events, normally very physically exhausted because, you know, we, we get out there and we get after it, whether we're, bass fishing, you know, whether we're striped bass fishing, whether we're trout fishing, whether we're, you know, hiking the Appalachian Trail, whether we're going on a whitewater rafting trip. Um, And and I think uh, for most of us that are veterans, um, uh, it's it's especially those of us who've gotten a little bit bigger in our middle sections and, you know, are a bit more sedentary than we were back in our days when we were hard charging out there serving our country. Um, You know, uh, it's it's sort of... uh, it sort of uh, tweaks you a little bit and you, you get a little woken up to the fact that, hey, man, you know what, I've got I've got a physical body here that I got to get out and take care of as well, because, um, you know, we 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 go out and we get after it and, and we do some pretty uh, adventurous things. And uh, it's great. And, you know, um, I'm probably the healthiest I've been since I've, you know, uh, been in the service. Um, and that's uh, a testament to, you know, all the hunting trips we've gone on, the fishing trips, and just that daily rigorous activity is, um, you know, if nothing else, it, your body at least says, hey, I'm here. Remember me? Remember your hamstrings? Remember your biceps? Remember those things? We're still here. We can, we can still do something for you. So um, it's really important to have that full connection, that mental, that physical, and that emotional health and and when you can have all three of them strong and working properly um you know you're just gonna have a better life better life all around and uh it's a it's a a big big component of what we do is um you know we we have to ask in a lot of our applications you know this this event's gonna require some rigorous activity are you okay for that yes would your your doctor approve of you participating in this event because you know we 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 want um people to get out there and, and to and to feel it when they're done, you know, and to really have had a, a, a great time. I want people going home exhausted from our events, but exhausted in a good way, you know, exhausted from having had a great time and um, being really able to connect in, in the ways that we're able to, to do it in the woods and in the wilderness. So, Well, you bring up two points. One, if they are on any medication, many of them have the side effect of weight gain mm-hmm. and, again, more being more sedentary. Um, if you've got some chronic pain issues, et cetera, you become more sedentary because it's much more comfortable not to hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love the part that you said they, they become woken up and realize that they, they were once very fit mm-hmm. and they can do it again. But I'll add a, a third component. It often helps them to sleep better. Yeah. And Absolutely. sleep is such a robber of 
whom you are. And that is so very important because sleep, as we know, is a side product of both PTSD or just being very sedentary and not not using your body the way it was intended to be used. So do you find when you check with people afterward, because I'm certain you follow up, that people are reflecting that this sort of did change the way they viewed their physical and mental health and that they've taken new paths on? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, most of the the men and women that we work with, you know, when we're talking to them after the fact, a lot of the beautiful thing that happens in a lot of our programs is because we're a regional program, we're here in New England, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's no part of New England you can't get to within a, you know, eight, nine hour drive. I mean, you can be all the way up in Maine and you can get to, you know, down into Connecticut within an eight hour drive. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's possible, doable. So the great thing that we're starting to see with our programming is, you know, as people are making that connection, uh, finding a new community, that community then is taking life after our events. So we're seeing people saying, hey, man, we had a great time in this turkey hunt. You know what? You only live an hour away from me. How about we split the distance? You know that pond or that lake that's mm-hmm. there? Let's go do some bass fishing together. Or, hey, man, let's go do some kayaking together. So what we're starting to see is we're starting to see these guys because, you know, uh, most outdoorsmen and outdoors women, they're they're into multiple pursuits, mm-hmm. right? You know, they're not just deer hunters. They're If they're deer hunters, they're probably turkey hunters. You know, if they're bass fishermen, they might be trout fishermen too. Um, so what we're starting to see is, um, is as that community comes alive, people are then saying, Hey man, let's do more, let's do more of this outdoor stuff together. Let's, let's go, you know, uh, let's go do some stuff on our own or Hey, look at this New England Adventures has another couple of events coming up that are right up our alley. Let's go do those too. So um, it really becomes sort of this catalyst for, um, for people to start connecting, um, in deeper ways, not only on a community level, but, you know, it's what's going to be more physical activity, which is going to be better mental health, which is going to mm-hmm. be, you know, better, uh, physical health, better psychological health. And so that's, that's the, the goal that we're after is, is to, um, invite them into this event, uh, come on an adventure with us, but Hey, the adventures don't have to stop when this event is over on Sunday and everybody goes home. You know, you live close enough to your friends here and, um, and let's keep it going. And one of the things that we're doing as an organization is we're, uh, in 2019, we're developing an alumni program where we're going to be doing events throughout the year. We're just inviting anybody that's participated ever on an event with us can come to our alumni events and we're going to do fun things like, you know, we're going to go on a, we're going to go do a cookout one day or, you know, we're going to go hike a mountain, you know, that's in the area one day or we're going to go on a fishing trip, you know, just something to keep that um, that community alive and keep people connected and keep them doing more of that outdoor stuff that's going to that's so good for them in so many different ways. So, well, I also find that many organizations find that they gain lots of leverage in terms of volunteers for the organization or new spokespersons, or testimonials. And because, let's face it, word of mouth from somebody who found it successful is is part of this military referral network that is very robust and very important among the veteran community. Do you find the same? Yeah. Um, you know, w- my, my board uh, is entirely comprised of uh, veterans that went on an event with us mm-hmm. um, and were impacted enough that they said, you know what, I want to, I want to give back. I want to be involved in a deeper level. Um, you know, uh, we have, 
you know, a lot of different fundraising efforts that we do throughout the year. And I see um, veterans from our programs across the spectrum who come out in droves to help and say, hey, you got this fundraiser going on. I want to come and help out. I want to be a part. Um, so it, it, we're really starting to see sort of this um, uh, community come alive and not only um, come alive in the sense that, you know, they want something for themselves. They they want to partake. Um, they're coming out in droves to say, hey, how do we help our fellow brothers and sisters? Right. We don't want to just sit on the sidelines anymore. We want to get involved and we want to be a part of um, the solution and help this program um, be something special that it is. And families as well? Absolutely. Oh, lots of families. Yeah, we well, have, I just think the family members are often the ones that say to the veteran, you need to do something because yep. things are not right. And so they were a team when you were deployed. You can still be a team afterward, but it takes effort, doesn't it? It does. It does indeed. And the family component is so important. You know, uh, we have um, so much participation from so many of our staff members, families, and um, family members or participants that go on our events. They just, they, they, they see the change. They see what's going on. They see, and they want to come find out, like, what is this New England Adventures thing all about? Like, what's mm-hmm. my husband, what's my wife getting into? And when they come and they kind of start to feel the community around them, they're, they're, they, they have that aha moment. We're like, oh, this is, this isn't just a bunch of guys and women going into the woods to go kill things. This is there's something there's something different going on here. And Todd, thank you so much for giving us more information. To find out more about New England Adventures, go to newenglandadventures.org. And and Todd, thank you so much for sharing the really important aspect of mental mental and physical health along with green spaces and just taking part in something that builds a community and makes you healthier to boot. So thanks so much for sharing with us today. Thanks, Linda. Appreciate it. You're so welcome. We'll be back next week with another program. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com. And in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance 